You can get this full audiobook for free on Amazon, by clicking on the link in the description. Is brought to you, by The Book Guide. The great 20th century British psychiatrist and psychologist, John Bowlby, was familiar with such behavior. He called it detachment. At his clinic, he observed ten small children who had to endure prolonged separation from their parents due to uncontrollable circumstances. On meeting mother for the first time after days or weeks away, every one of the children showed some degree of detachment, Bowlby observed. Two seemed not to recognize mother. The other eight turned away or even walked away from her. Most of them either cried or came close to tears. A number alternated between a tearful and expressionless face. It may seem counterintuitive, but this reflexive rejection of the loving mother is an adaptation. I was so hurt when you abandoned me, says the young child's mind, that I will not reconnect with you. I don't dare open myself to that pain again. In many children, and I was certainly one, early reactions like these become embedded in the nervous system, mind, and body, playing havoc with future relationships. They show up throughout the lifetime in response to any incident even vaguely resembling the original imprint, often without any recall of the inciting circumstances. My petulant and defensive reaction to Ray signaled that old, deep-brain emotional circuits, programmed in infancy, had taken over, while the rational, calming, self-regulating parts of my brain went offline. All trauma is pre-verbal, the psychiatrist Bessel van der Kolk has written. His statement is true in two senses. First, the psychic wounds we sustain are often inflicted upon us before our brain is capable of formulating any kind of a verbal narrative, as in my case. Second, even after we become language-endowed, some wounds are imprinted on regions of our nervous systems having nothing to do with language or concepts. This includes brain areas, of course, but the rest of the body, too. They are stored in parts of us that words and thoughts cannot directly access. We might even call this level of traumatic encoding subverbal. As Peter Levine explains, Conscious explicit memory is only the proverbial tip of a very deep and mighty iceberg. It barely hints at the submerged strata of primal implicit experience that moves us in ways the conscious mind can only begin to imagine. To her credit, my wife will not allow me to get away with pinning the entire blame for my arrival's gate hissy fit on Nazis and fascists and infant trauma. Yes, the backstory merits compassion and understanding, and she has given me an abundance of both. But there comes a point when Hitler made me do it won't fly. Responsibility can and must be taken. After 24 hours of the silent treatment, Ray had had enough. Oh, knock it off already, she said. And so I did. A measure of progress and relative maturation on my part. In times past, it would have taken me days or longer to knock it off to drop my resentment and for my core to unfreeze, my face to relax, my voice to soften, and my head to turn willingly and with love toward my life partner. 
My problem is that I'm married to someone who understands me. I have often grumbled, only partly in jest. Really, of course, my great blessing is to be married to someone with healthy boundaries who sees me as I am now and who will no longer bear the brunt of my prolonged and unplanned visits to the distant past.